0: One, Chapter Four of A Daughter of the Vine by Gertrude Horn Atherton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Book One, Chapter Four. South Park in the fifties and sixties was the gayest quarter of respectable San Francisco, with not a hint of the gloom which now presses about it like a pall. The two concave rows of houses were the proudest achievements of Western masonry and had a somewhat haughty air as if conscious of the importance They sheltered The inner park was green and flowered the flag of the United States floated proudly above The whole precinct had that atmosphere of happy informality peculiar to the brief honeymoon of a great city People ran hatless in and out of each other's houses and sat on the doorsteps when the weather was fine The present aristocracy of San Francisco the landed gentry of California whose coat of arms should be a cocktail a side of mutton or a dishonest contract Would give not a few of their dollars for personal memories of that crumbling enclosure at the foot of the hill Memories that would be welcome even with the skeleton which rambling through these defaced abandoned houses They might expect to see grinning in dark spidery corners or in rat claimed cupboards Poor old houses they have kept silent and faithful guard over the dark tales and tragic secrets of their youth Curiosity has been forced to satisfy itself with little more than vague and ugly rumor the memories that throng them tell little to any but the dead There lived in those days the Randolph's the Hathaway's the Don Pedro Earls the Hunt McLean's The three families to which the famous max belonged and others that have no place in this story Before his second week in California was finished Thorpe knew them all and was petted and made much of for San Francisco then as now Dearly loved the aristocratic stranger He rode into the city every day either alone or with Hastings and rarely returned without spending several moments or hours with Nina Randolph Sometimes she was alone sometimes Companioned by her intimate friend Molly Shropshire a large Masculine girl of combative temper and imbued with disapproval of man She made no exception in favor of Thorpe. And when he did not find her in the way he rather enjoyed quarreling with her Mrs. Randolph made no more abrupt incursions into the table talk and spent most of her time in her room Occasionally Thorpe met in the hall a coarse-looking woman whom he knew to be a mrs. Reinhardt and the favored friend of mrs. Randolph Mr. Randolph was often in brilliant spirits at other times. He looked harassed and sad but he always made thorpe feel the welcome guest. Thorpe during the first fortnight of their acquaintance snubbed his maiden attempt to understand Nina Randolph. It was so evident that she did not wish to be understood that he could but respect her reserve. Besides, she was the most charming woman in the place, and that was enough to satisfy any visitor. Just after that, he began to see her alone every day. Miss Shropshire had retired to the obscurity of her chamber with a cold the socialities rarely began before night They took long walks together in the wild environs of the city once or twice as far as the sea Both had a high fine taste in literature, and she was eager for the books of travel he had lived He sounded her to discover if she had ambition for she was an imperious little queen in society but she convinced him that, when alone or with him, she rose high above the petty strata of life. With a talent, she could have been one of the most rapt and impersonal slaves of art the world has ever known. And, as it was, her perception for beauty was extraordinary. Thorpe wished that she could carry out her imaginings and live a life of study in Europe. It seemed a great pity that she should marry and settle down into a mere leader of society Toward the end of the second fortnight he began to wonder whether he should care to marry her were he ready for domesticity and Were there no disquieting mystery about her? He concluded that he should not as he should doubtless be insanely in love with her if he loved her at all And she was too various of mood for a man's peace of mind but in the wake of these reflections came the impulse to analyze her and he made no further attempt to snub it he went one evening to the house of mrs hunt mclean a beautiful young creole who held the reins of the infant city's society in her small determined hands born into the aristocracy of Louisiana she had grown up in the salon her husband had arrived in San Francisco at the period when a class of rowdies known as the hounds were terrorizing the city and when they were finally arrested and brought to trial conducted the prosecution The brilliant legal talent he displayed the tremendous personal force which carried every jury he addressed Established his position at the head of the bar at once his wife with her wide knowledge of the world her tact magnetism and ambition found no one to dispute her social leadership as Thorpe entered she was standing at the head of the long parlor and with her high piled hair Poudre her gown of dark red velvet and her haughty carriage She looked as if she had just stepped from an old French canvas She smiled brilliantly as Thorpe approached her and he was made to feel himself the guest of the evening a sensation he shared with everyone in the room I have not seen you for three days and seven hours she said how are all your flirtations getting on All oh my what Dominga Earle is making frantic eyes at you Indicating with a rapid motion of her pupils a tall slender Mexican Who undulated like a snake and whose large black fan and eyes were never idle? Lupe Hathaway is looking coldly expectant and Nina Randolph who was wholly animated a moment ago is now quite listless. Not that you are to feel particularly flattered, you are merely something new. Turn over the pages. Dominga is going to sing, and I am convinced that she will surpass herself. Mrs. Earle was swaying on the piano stool. Her black eyes flashed a welcome to Thorpe as he moved obediently to her side. Then she threw back her head, raised her eyebrows, dilated her nostrils and in a ringing contralto sang a spanish love-song thorpe could not understand a word of it but inferred that it was passionate from the accompaniment of glance which played between himself and a tall blond man leaning over the piano when the song and its encore finished she was immediately surrounded and thorpe slipped away miss randolph was barricaded he went over to miss hathaway who sat between hastings and another officer looking impartially at each They were dismissed in a manner which made them feel the honor of her caprice That was good of you said Thorpe, sinking into a chair opposite her It is rarely that one can get a word with you merely a glance over three feet of shoulder Miss Hathaway made no reply it was one of her idiosyncrasies never to take the slightest notice of a compliment She was looking very handsome although her attire as ever suggested a cold disregard of the looking glass thorpe who was beginning to understand her did not feel snubbed but fell to wondering what sort of time hastings would have of it when he proposed she regarded him meditatively for a moment then remarked you are absent-minded tonight and that makes you look rather stupid again thorpe was not disconcerted Speeches of this sort from miss Hathaway were to be hailed as signs of favor if she did not like a man She did not talk to him at all He might sit opposite her throughout the night, and she would not part her lips. I Am stupid he replied. I have been all day What is the matter? Her voice did not soften as another woman's might have done, but it betrayed interest are you puzzling? he colored Nettled at her insight, but he answered coldly yes, I am puzzling Do not said miss Hathaway significantly puzzle about anyone else in California, but not about Nina Randolph What is the mystery he exclaimed impatiently then added hastily Oh bother I am too much of a wanderer to puzzle over anyone Miss Hathaway fixed her large cold blue regard upon him do you love Nina Randolph she asked? I Am afraid I love all women too much to trust to my own selection of one Now you are stupid go and talk to Nina she turned her back upon him and smiled indulgently to a newcomer He crossed the room a group of men parted with indifferent grace and he leaned over Nina's chair she was looking gay and free of care and her eyes flashed a frank welcome to Thorpe. I Thought you were not coming to talk to me she said with a little pout Duty first he murmured come over into the little reception room and talk to me What am I to do with all these men? nothing You are very exacting for a friend if you are a good friend you will come I am tired and bored she rose, shook out her pretty pink skirts, nodded to her admirers, and walked off with Thorpe. He laughed. Perhaps they will console themselves with the reflection that as they have spoiled you, they should stand the consequences. They took possession of a little sofa in the reception room. Another couple was in the window curve, and yet another opposite. We have not had our hunt," said Nina. "The country has been a mud hole." But we are to have it on Monday if all goes well Who else is to be of the party? Molly Guadalupe and captain Hastings don't speak of it to anyone else. I don't want a crowd She lay back her skirt sweeping his feet a pink ribbon was twisted in her hair The color in her cheeks was pink the pose of her head as she absently regarded the stupid frescoes on the ceiling strained her beautiful throat Making it look as hard as ivory Accentuating the softer loveliness of her neck Thorpe looked at her steadily he rarely touched her hand I Have something else in store for you she said after a moment Just beyond the army posts are great beds of wild strawberries It was a custom in the Spanish days to get up large parties every spring and camp there gather strawberries Wander on the beach and over the hills and picnic generally We have kept it up and if this weather lasts if spring is really here a crowd of us are going in a couple of weeks You included you have no idea what fun it is I shall not try to imagine it he spoke absently He was staring at a curling lock that had strayed over her temple. He wanted to blow it I am tired she said talk to me I have been gabbling for an hour. I'm not in the mood for talking, he said shortly. But keep quiet if you want to. I suppose we know each other well enough for that. The other people left the room. Nina arranged herself more comfortably and closed her eyes. Her mouth relaxed slightly, and Thorpe saw the lines about it. She looked older when the animation was out of her face, but none the less attractive his eyes fell on her neck he moved closer she opened her eyes and he raised his the colour left her face and she rose take me to papa she said i am going home End of book one, chapter four